Welcome back to Cowpunchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. I am the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I am your other deputy, Amy McLeod. And tonight we watched The Escape of Prisoner 614 from 2018, directed by Zach Golden and starring Ron Perlman, Martin Starr, Jake McDormand, and George Sample III. Yeah, and there were some deputies in here. Yeah, we had a, an array of, de- well, a pair. A pair of deputies. And none of them got shot. <laughs> no. I mean, we all know the song. Right. They shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. I did not. S- spoilers. It was a heart attack. Killed the sheriff. <laughs> you know... Hold on. I gotta collect myself. You know, he was killed by the number one killer in the U.S. Heart Heart disease. disease. (laughs) So take care of yourselves out there. You went there. So, Amy, do you want to tell us what happened in this here picture show? Yes. So, what we have here... (laughs) What we have here today... (laughs) Is the tale of two deputies... Who, uh, basically, it's like, it's almost like a, alright, imagine the Andy Griffith show. Yes. And you just had, there was just two Barney Fifes and no Andy Griffith. (laughs) Barney Fifes all the way down. Just all Barney Fifes. But uh, to be more specific, uh, this is actually a non-traditional Western. We have, it's set in, uh, what, the early 70s? 1968 was the headline on the newspaper we saw. 68. Okay, so late 60s um, in the northeast near uh, Albany, so upstate New York. So a very non-traditional time, non-traditional place. I did the research. It's it's an actual town. Um, uh, what did I write it down? It's uh, Shindaken, New York. Uh, that's in Ulster. It's in Ulster County. Yes, so... They are the deputies in a very small, quiet town. Um, they appear to take much pride in their work, even though their work is not doing hardly anything, because it's very clearly the kind of small town that um, I was going to say that, like, Angela Lansbury in, like, Murder, She Wrote, but there were a lot of murders up there. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> If the uh, murder she wrote uh, town of Cabot Cove didn't have as many murders as it did, this was this was that town. Like very quiet, very small rural town in like near the 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 Catskills or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're just super stoked to be deputies. Like they they are like they they wear the badge with pride. They enjoy getting their free breakfasts, their free meals at the diner. Um, they take it like seriously, but in a, in a fun way, like, like a freaking like Starsky and Hutch kind of a thing. Like they're, they're like, yes, we uphold the law by eating pancakes in this diner. Uh, (laughs) but they are, um, I, I, I wrote down here that our deputies, they, they firmly, see themselves and believe themselves to be these like heroic 
upstanding lawmen like they like very reminiscent of westerns like that's how they carry themselves it's how they dress like they have the bandanas they have the cowboy hats because in the beginning i was like oh is this like 1920 is this 1930 like just with their (laughs) mannerisms and everything i was like oh is this kind of like a very very late the last vestiges of the cowboy culture Right. But, but like, you know, I think if they could have been riding around on horses, um, you know, rounding up cattle rustlers, they would have been overjoyed. They would have, they would have been at home there. Yeah, but they see themselves as the hero of their story. They see themselves as being very brave and heroic um, when they're really just very <laughs> dumb. Like... They really are. <laughs> Very dumb and incompetent. Um they're they are they are charming in their their idiocy because they they at first I mean I feel like their heart is in the right place, but they're too dumb to find it until later in the movie. Like they have to be really pushed. But basically, uh they uh are fired by the sheriff because the sheriff's like you guys have arrested like one person in five years. I don't think we need two deputies. I don't think we need one deputy out here. So you fight it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're done. You're done. Pack your things. Give me so, your badge and your gun. Yeah, turn in your badge and your gun. So they're they're distraught, but then they get a phone call from the prison, and they're like, "Hey, the 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 warden's like, we had a guy escape. He's in your area." Go get him. So they're like, yes, this is our ticket back to being deputies. Because that was like central to their identities. Because they're like, if we can't be deputies, we can't do anything. Which I think for them may be a true statement. (laughs) Right. I don't know what they would be good at. I mean, they're not even good at being deputies. So I'm not really sure what their process. They could probably wait tables at the diner. But... (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Marla has it all well in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they embark on this journey to apprehend this prisoner, 614. And um, they do end up catching up with him. And, you know, it's kind of, they have a long journey because, of course, they get lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they start spending a lot of time with this prisoner, 614. And, you know, of course, he's like, I didn't do it. Like, I was at a protest and um, I was getting chased by this police officers rounding up people to arrest him. And he died of a heart attack. And now they put me away for life for murder when, you know, what I, he had a good quote where he's like, I didn't kill the deputy. Too many donuts killed the deputy. Donuts killed him. Yeah. Don- <laughs> like, yeah. He's <laughs> apparently, uh, I mean. We're, we're told he was quite an obese man, so, you know. He's a, yeah, he's a big fella. <laughs> right, you gotta, you gotta watch it. You gotta take care of the old ticker, folks. Take care of the ticker. Um, so, you know, they start to kind of soften, because, you know, at first they're trying to be, like, rough, tough, like, yeah, we're bringing you in. And uh, Yeah, exactly. Then they're like, well, what if he didn't do it? Because they're kind of like, oh, he seems nice. He seems, you know... Like, he's not a killer. Like, he had an opportunity to kill one of them, and he didn't. Um, So they start to feel bad, and it kind of turns around into them trying to bring him in, uh, and then to them trying to figure out how to kind of set him free. 
So uh, it kind of helps the deputies to not be so blind to what they're told to do and like what someone else's idea of justice is. Now, they are very dumb, so I kind of don't think they should be like the police anywhere. No. (laughs) Even now that, you know, they've had their change of heart, I feel like a different profession would be best. They shouldn't be allowed near a pointed stick. (laughs) No, yeah. I mean, there was a a, a lot of time, like, you know, there's some rifles and and guns in this movie. And I'm like, I am scared they're going to shoot (laughs) by accidentally discharge that firearm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they do end up kind of outsmarting or outmaneuvering the sheriff, played by Ron Perlman, and help um, Prisoner 614, who we find out his name is Andre. Uh, they help free him and escape to Canada. The first thing I want to co- comment about this movie is I want to congratulate all the actors because this is a plot line that uh, if you had this same setup and it starred Will Ferrell, this movie would be awful. Because, But because the actors played it very straight and very seriously in their idiocy, it was fine. They They weren't, they weren't clownish about it. Yeah, I will. That's a great point to bring up because I feel this movie and this plot required a lot of balance. And Mm -hmm. if they had gone and and there was a couple points where I was like, I thought they were leaning a little too far into the dark Uh, because it balances light and dark tones. Uh, I don't know that it does it perfectly, but it did it well enough. I enjoyed the movie. But it's like you've got these two dopey deputies and like that's very light and it's funny, like super troopers esque, but not quite as over the top. But, you know, it's like they're goofing off, but they're 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 taking it serious. They are believably dumb, you know, Mm -hmm. but yes, yes, that's the key. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I went to high school with these knuckleheads. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's that's how that would go. Like. You know, with no supervision and no one to tell them to, like, you know, get your shit together. Like, okay, I could see it. Um, right, right. But, I mean, they almost lost me a little bit with the, I mean, because it was getting dark with um, Andre, Prisoner 614, and, and his yeah. plot line. Because, you know, he'd been wrongly imprisoned for 10 years. And, like, the sheriff, like, you know, almost murders him in the forest and like was was beating him around a little bit in the middle and that was a little that -hmm. was a little heavy um so i mean they didn't delve into sort of that aspect of the plot too much like they kind of show that it's like okay here's this um injustice uh in the legal system of the time and you know still today so still is kind of depressing to be like oh okay aha uh-huh, still same problems mm-hmm. um so like that juxtaposed against these two deputies who can't hit a soda can from 15 paces you know it's almost like is it making light of such a heavy material or is it trying to ground the lightness in reality i think to me that was an iffy choice right um but you know love to hear I your mean, thoughts I'll- on that and up until where uh, um, Sheriff Ron Perlman decides to, you know, hit, uh, beat the prisoner, uh, a couple, uh, hit him a couple of times, uh, it was almost like he was part of the joke, too. 
Yes. Because like there, there's an aspect of wannabeism between the sheriff and the two deputies. They're the only ones that speak in like a kind of contrived southern or western accents. Yes, everyone else kind of has your regular northeast. Right, having visited and having dated some, and I'm about to marry someone from that region, I can tell you no one talks like like that up there. <laughs> yes, and in fact, like, those three, the two deputies and the sheriff, if you stood them up next to each other, you'd be like, oh, this is a straight-up western. Like, Ron Perlman right. was dressed like a freaking Lee Van yeah. Cleef. He had a bolo tie. <laughs> yeah, he had a bolo tie, a black hat. Like, he looked like... Because I feel like in Westerns, I, I feel like you see it more often than not. You'll see the, the tough, often corrupt sheriff mm-hmm. who's ha- got the town in an iron grip. And then, you know, deputies, or the, you know, they're, they're trying to be the opposite, where the, like the strong deputy or sheriff against the, you know, injustices of the frontier yeah. and making sure their town is not full of grifters and ne'er-do-wells and, you know, anyone trying to hurt the town. Uh, but straight up west. Everybody else, 1968. <laughs> yeah, 1968, upstate New York, like, are, are you for real? <laughs> yes, yeah. So my, I should have told you my elevator pitch for this okay. movie, which was two All right. knuckle, two, all right, my elevator pitch is, two knucklehead deputies attempt to bring in an escaped prisoner while Sheriff Ron Perlman threatens a journalist. <laughs> like his threats didn't even make any sense yeah like, it was like, just feel like you'll you'll be dealing with the consequences of your decision and the, the journalist is like honestly like i i don't know what you're going on about i'm scared but i'm i'm confused i've got a family sir please if you want to leave prior to you completing your professional civic duties I guess that's what you're gonna have to do so am I free to go of course of course but you know every choice does have its consequences you just you have to ask yourself are you prepared to live with the ramifications of your actions yeah, like, I feel like the sheriff in this movie was trying to give off the vibes of the oppressive sheriff in an old west of, like, I own this town, I'm in charge. And he he did cut a very imposing figure. He did come across as very threatening. Uh, but... That's called Ron Perlman. Yeah, I mean, uh, have you seen <laughs> Ron Perlman? <laughs> I would be scared, too. <laughs> if he looked at me with that face in that uh, manner uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry mr perlman i'm gonna go walk over there now Hellboy. um ron if you're listening we'd love to have you on the show yeah it'd be, it'd be i would cry <laughs> happy tears <laughs> well maybe one one tear of fear <laughs> <laughs> but the rest would be happy tears um but like you know any you see him there's a scene where he's eating a steak in a restaurant and he's kind of like given the, the waitress who's new a really like kind of a hard time. Cause she's kind of like fallen over herself. Like I'm really new. So everyone's mm. been really great and really patient. Like, what can I get you? Can you please, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry, but can you please tell me what you wanted on your potatoes one more time or whatever? And he's kind of right. like, 
the works and it's like clearly she didn't understand and he said it like two more times and then like listed it off and it's like she's not getting it just tell her what the fuck you want right it's her first couple of days there cut her some slack right god damn know. it yeah and he just seems like the kind of guy who expects to kind of snap his fingers and everybody falls in line right and he has a very curated um you know personality that he chooses to show because we saw that with the journalist and i'm still not sure why he gave that that photographer journalist guy such a hard time it was that's what made me think that like this guy's a wannabe because he said he he's saying bullshit yeah because i'm like none of that means anything so so for the benefit of our listeners um Ron Perlman, I can't even remember his character's name other than Sheriff. They might have just called I think he's him just Sheriff. Called the sh- yeah, I think he's just called the Sheriff. Yeah, so, like, he's kind of cut out of the prisoner um, collection. He doesn't, he doesn't know that they're doing that, and he ends up getting a call from the warden saying, like, I need an update. What the hell's going on? Like, and so he eventually figured, puts two and two together that the two dopey deputies are out there trying to fight crime. So he ends up catching up to them. He sees that they have the prisoner and he's like, awesome. Bring him back to the, you know, to the office and we'll get a few pictures. Awesome job. You know. Right. And it's so funny because the sheriff gets back there so fast. And the um, there's like a photographer from the local paper to kind of be like to take, you know, it's a good photo op. Like, look, we caught this prison escapee like. Woohoo! Isn't that isn't that great? Isn't that great? Um, and the photographer's like, "Oh, I I heard that the uh, deputies would be available after two, but it's almost four thirty. So like, should I, should I just come back tomorrow?" And then he goes, uh, the sheriff goes into this long story about like a photographer who'd been like beaten within an inch of his life, and like, well, if I'd have come back tomorrow and I saw that, he'd have been dead. So. <laughs> And I'm like, like these what? things are not equal. Yeah, because I'm like, it's not like people are there ready to have their picture taken. And he's like, well, let me come back tomorrow. It's like, just call me when they're ready and I'll come over and take the picture. Uh, in, in fact, yeah. the, if you ask me, the anecdote kind of illustrated the opposite of what he was trying to get across. Be like, oh, it's just safer. You know, He the, it was almost like saying, if I had delivered that story, it would have been all, all to say, you know, the, the photographer is in the wrong place at the wrong time. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Exactly. Right, right. And then, like, later, they're sitting on the porch, and, the guy, and like, Ron Perlman's, like, cleaning his gun or whatever, and the guy's like, well, I, I really gotta go. And then he, like, cocks the gun and puts it down like he's gonna shoot the guy if he gets up and leaves. And I was like, you're shitting me. The sheriff is gonna just shoot a random photographer? why right like he's like pulling like energy of like the crooked deputy in uh, mississippi burning like dude this is not <laughs> like what not do you stand to gain from this like right like this is a town in the middle of nowhere if the sheriff shot a photographer like that would probably make the freaking national news for how insane you are <laughs> right like why did he shoot him well he didn't want to wait around to take a picture of people who weren't there so i shot him okay (laughs) right so yeah like 
I I because it's like he was intimidating when it really didn't matter. Yeah. Like he's throwing his weight around. It's almost like he's just looking for people to abuse. <laughs> right. And, and you know I, the thought just crossed my mind in a way it kind of had an air of like kind of the gimmicks you see in like a Coen Brothers movie. But like toned down. Or it's less I was gimmicky. thinking that too. Yeah, I was like, it did feel kind of Cohen-y. I, I feel like the story they were telling, it was definitely balanced on a knife edge, trying to make it funny mm-hmm. and kind of have some deeper meaning to it or, you know, to, to show some, you know, social right. issues make as it... well, which is, that's a delicate dance. And you know what? I think they succeeded for the most part. Yeah, you I, I, you know, to me, I felt it tonally was a little off in certain spots for me personally, uh, but overall, I did enjoy it. So, yeah, you know, it was okay in the end. I, you know, yeah, I, I personally, I'm a, I'm a very play it safe kind of person, so I probably would have gone more of the goofy, added like made it a little more oh brother where art thou? Yeah, and... I wouldn't have had uh, uh, Ron Perlman uh, hit. Um, no. Andre the prisoner. I, yeah, I would have made him a little less violent. Yeah, maybe shoving him would be a good thing. Well, or just make him pompous and like incredulous, like, "Oh, how dare you speak to me?" Like, you know, instead of like, "I'm gonna smack you in the mouth." Yeah, kind of like how he did with the waitress. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, all hat and no cattle, which. The very large hat, which it wasn't. Ron Perlman's hat would only be over oversized on a regular human being, but because Ron Perlman's head is the size of like I don't know one of Jupiter's moons, <laughs> it, 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 of course it's a large hat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and I I thought that was interesting that that the law was kind of dressed up to be in the old west. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anything there, like if they're trying to say like not much has changed since then or or if it was just like, hey, these guys see themselves as these cowboys when really right. it's like, dude, you're policing in upstate New York. You need to take a seat and <laughs> right. <laughs> relax. <laughs> right. Those woods are. Yeah. You're not even talking like Western New York. You're talking between Albany and Manhattan, you know, like you're, that place is crawling with hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Like this ain't, you know, you know, New York city. Like exactly. This, this ain't is the Philadelphia. And then the means also, this is not the old West. What's with the bolo tie. Right. In Ulster yeah. County, New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not New Mexico. Like I think that's the only place right. they still wear bolo ties. You know, I I had a job in uh, New York City uh, years ago, and uh, I, I don't know what it, they do, but there were offices for city marshal in New York City. And I think they have a, a, a particular niche job, legally speaking. But I always imagine, like, you go into, like, a marshal's office in New York City, and it's just, like, the Old West in there. It's just like, Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What can I do you for? Like, what do you, what do? You do? Well, just, I'm the law. I'm the law in this town. What's the well? What's the NYPD do? He lights a match on the bottom of his shoe and lights a hand rolled cigarette. And he's like, "I'm looking for some bad hombres." <laughs> he said, "Uh, 
listen, dude, I'm just looking for the nearest pizza place. Can you help me out? (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, About two blocks up on the left. Best pizza joint around. Partner. Oh, is that Gianni's? I heard about them. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best pizza east of the Pecos. (laughs) I think it's the best pizza east of, you know, Fourth Avenue in Brooklyn. (laughs) My statement still stands. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, but it was just like it's just like what what why are we here? <laughs> how, yeah, how did so this happen? I, I, I thought that was entertaining though. Like you know They they also they also made a couple of references to uh to other prison movies, specifically Cool Hand Luke. God that and, killed me. <laughs> because there's a famous egg eating scene in that movie. And uh, but one of the deputies fifty in <laughs> He was like, it's heaven if you like eggs. Because <laughs> he was like, I'll, I'll wash cool hand, Luke. Prison doesn't seem so bad. And I was like, well, that's not. <laughs> I saw cool hand, Luke, a couple of months back. Prison didn't seem that bad. A lot of eggs. Surprising amount of eggs. Heaven if you like eggs. The dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, so it was well delivered, like flat. So like, well delivered. Because, like, that's the only thing you can say in that situation. Like, he's like, I've been caught by the dumbest people on earth. And as you pointed out, it was just dumb enough. If they'd gone a little dumber, we'd be in bad Will Ferrell movie territory. But it's just right there. And yeah. Andre spoke for all of us. The dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, I enjoyed the, the levity and, and watching them bumble through trying to yeah. get things done. And like when um, I can't even remember the deputies' names, I'm, I apologize. Uh, G- uh, Jim and Thurman. Jim and Thurman. Okay, because one of them kept being very concerned about food. Like they'd be like. That was, they, that was Jim with the mustache, right? Yeah, Jim. And he'd be like. Um, because Thurman was like, okay, all right, we, it'll probably take us like two two nights to get up there or whatever. And he like runs over to him like, but we only have enough food for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Exactly. And he's just like, well, you know, you can survive on water at, at the very least for like, you know, you know, three or four days. A or like weeks, a couple of weeks. Right? <laughs> exactly. And he's just like, yeah, but. I can't do that. <laughs> but I don't want to do yeah, He's like, I can't. Yeah, do I don't want to do that. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, to me, that spoke to, because, like, Thurman was, like, the guy, like, yeah, we're going to rough it, like, real cowboy deputies and go out into the wilderness and get our man. And then the other one's like, but but I need a sandwich. <laughs> the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. Yeah, exactly. I am I need a snacky. Do we have peanuts? I would love some peanuts. Yeah, and it was just funny because, like, they were kind of coming to terms with how they view themselves mm-hmm. and and their abilities. And, you know, because they see these, like, there's these stalwart, you know, pillars yeah. of justice. And then it wasn't until they saw, you know, how corrupt the sheriff is or how... And it wasn't even that the sheriff was necessarily corrupt, but just that the sheriff didn't care about justice yeah. in, the, in the same way that they did. And I think the, the the sheriff, it wasn't revealed until late that these two guys were, that the sheriff 
was just as incompetent as the two deputies we've been focusing on most of the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, like, he's not much better. And I think they could have illustrated that a little more. Because to me, with Mm -hmm. the sheriff, you either got to make him... To me, like, you don't need to make him as dumb as the deputies, because then that's too much dumb. You almost need to make him just, like, just, like, oblivious. Um, I... I don't know. I think it's a fine line. Or like a hard part of me ass. thinks that part of me thinks that one of the ways they could have illustrated that this guy is is putting on airs uh, would have been to illustrate early on that this is this is upstate New York because at first when they said Albany, I'm like, oh, like they mean like Albany, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing too. It was very hard for us in the very beginning, um, just because I mean it, it is so rural that you're like, oh, this could be. Down south, is this like, yeah, Carolinas? Is this like Mississippi? And then they're like, we're in freaking Albany. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're in the, we're in the we're in the capital region of New York State. Woo! All right, I'm gonna hold on to your pearls, ladies. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. <laughs> exactly. This is diner country. You're gonna get some good coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, it wasn't. It, it was. Because throughout the, the movie, uh, Andre keeps telling him, like, I didn't kill anybody. Like, I'm not a killer. I've never killed anybody. And, you know, and of course, they don't believe him yeah. at first, which is like, okay, mm-hmm. it's somebody who escaped from prison. I don't know that I would necessarily believe them either. I'd be like, well, you right. were in prison, you know, <laughs> um, and you were in prison for murder. And that's scary. And I don't know if I could trust you, but they're they're dumb and they don't really take it that far. They're just like, our job is to take you and take you somewhere else. And I'm blind to anything else, but he right. keeps saying it, and and they kind of get some, you know, like he's nice and they like him, and you know, they learn more about his case because they're like, hey, you know, if if you didn't do it, why did you? Why are you in jail? And he's like, well, you know, the jury. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was another funny quote too, because he was like, it was. What seven? It was like a, seven, seven men and and, and uh, five five white women. Point is, you had your day in court, and the jury decided otherwise. Yeah, seven white men and five white women. Took them a whole ten minutes. Are you saying that five women aren't fit to be jurors? That's sexist. All right, we won't stand for it. Ooh, the point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I only missed the point here, my dude. Yeah, I was like, we're not going to tolerate that kind of sexism on our little uh, camping trip here. <laughs> right. Bless bless your little heart, <laughs> Deputy yeah. Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they're like, well, you know, if, if it was an unfair verdict, why didn't you get an appeal? And he's like, well, I tried, but no lawyer would take it. And they're like, oh, and then... You know, so you just gave up then? And he's like, well, then I went to the law library at the jail and I studied up on my case and tried to, you know, appeal to the judge and the judge denied it. So I'm kind of fucked. <laughs> and they're right. like, I'm in hell. Oh. So they, they kind of see how the justice system failed this man. Um, and then even when the sheriff, so the sheriff even read the police report where it just basically states that the man had a heart attack and yeah he just doesn't care he's just like i want done with this i don't care if an innocent man is in prison well kudos to to ron perlman you see a brief flash over his face like this doesn't make any sense yeah yeah like and and that to me was what cemented it for for the deputies because like he makes a face like this is stupid why would anyone go to jail for this this is so dumb and but then he's like 
I don't care. All of you are making me mad. And this is more work that I don't want to do. Right. And it's, and I think at that point, that's what turns it for the deputies. Cause they're like, you're just going to give up when something unjust has occurred because it's hard. Like mm-hmm. you don't feel like doing it. Last episode, we uh, learned the true meaning of Christmas. Yes. Now we're learning the true meaning of justice. That's correct. And, and I think there's there's another character I want to talk about that I think also helped push them into the the right direction, which was the the diner matron. Yes, Marla. Marla. Marla's great. Which was it was funny because like, you know, they kind of they just eat there all the time. Which uh, looking at that diner, I'd eat there all the time Absolutely. too. Absolutely, looks good. Uh, and when they um, are bringing uh andre in you know they're kind of keeping track of him for the night before the sheriff takes him to jail in the morning they take him to dinner at at marla's and she's kind of like oh here's your you know the two deputies get their food on the house and then like oh here's the meatloaf platter for the new guy (laughs) right she's like who's this guy and they're like oh yeah he's a prisoner and then she's all like what you're bringing like a a dangerous murderer in here like what's wrong with you and then they explain the case, like, all the things to her about how, like, yeah. he's not really a murderer on that. And she's like, oh, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, you're not going to take him to jail, right? Like, She's, she's like, that's like, insane. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, she's, like, immediately on board, like, well, you know, you're going to let him free, right? Like, <laughs> like, like you're not going to let him take him back. Right. And then, then, <laughs> it was just so funny. They're like, wait, oh, huh. I think it was just the push they needed to, like, get it from out of their heads and into the action. Right. which speaking of marla let's talk about the saloon search shall we yes which we didn't have a saloon so maybe it should be called the diner connection maybe the diner delve the diner delve ding ding order up uh um and the only reason we're going to do a saloon search and not cancel it entirely is at one point during a conversation between the two deputies, we see behind one of them that there is a bar attached to the diner. So they serve alcohol. It's technically a bar, which in certain parlance, that's a saloon. So moving right along. Yes, 10 out of 10 would eat there, eat breakfast all every every weekend. The, like, the thing I like about certain diners, especially the ones you see in, in, uh, in the Northeast, is the certain type of of mug and it's got heft to it like i'm having yes coffee yes i actually purchased a pair of mugs from a diner uh, an antique store that are from a diner nice they are my some of my favorite sturdy mm-hmm. mugs like they could take a beating they have had thousands of cups of coffee oh yeah drank from them i i have a mug just like that yeah we are like this thing can take some clanking around mm-hmm I'm gonna. It's just a good, comfy right, mug. Right, because when you're at a diner, you hold on to your coffee mug for dear life. And you're like, please, please, waitress, waiter, put more coffee. I in do this, not want to see the bottom of this mug. Yeah, yeah. That's a good diner that doesn't let you see the bottom of your coffee. And mug. like the food that she was serving just looked great, and it upset both you and me to see them let these two deputies get up without finishing their meal. They never finished a single meal that we saw. And the, the gravy on the meatloaf looked amazing. 
And the meatloaf looks Yeah, that great. guy left like a whole piece of apple pie. I'm right? Like, no, get that shit to go, son. And, and like half a milkshake, like three quarters of a milkshake. I'm like, that milkshake looks thick. <laughs> with, with two C's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, I, th- I feel like that's a common problem right. in movies where you'll see food but then they never eat it because right. like, no one wants to watch an entire scene of someone no one wants to watch like half an hour of someone eating a meal or like they pour somebody a beer and they don't finish it especially if there's like a quarter of it like just throw that back come on no one leaves an unfinished yeah, beer it, unless the building's on right because it's like they, they want to show the person leaving the bar without having them drink the whole beer and it's like i get it they'll leave the bar i'm sure right but who orders like a eight dollar beer without <laughs> exactly drinking? Right. You know, but uh, I was gonna say like forget thick thighs, thick shakes. <laughs> yes, those thick shakes. Them, sh- them thick shakes though. <laughs> them yeah, them shakes though. Them steaks and shakes and cakes. Ooh, yeah. I I want to find that diner. It was called uh, the Phoenicia Diner. So I don't know if that's an actual yeah. place, but. I, I want to belly up to that uh, lunch counter, get myself a. And Marla was great. Yeah, I want to get, go up there, get a open face roast, roast beef sandwich or breakfast or something. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I like Marla. She was like a sassy older diner lady, little frazzled, little uh, little, little scatterbrained. It seemed at times, but yeah, a little baked. Uh huh. But uh, she was so funny. Just quoting quoting Doctor King. <laughs> she- she picked up when she catered that Black Panther <laughs> luncheon. Yeah, that's great. They're nice people. You, you know she knocked it out of the park. Yeah, really good tippers. It's like, they're great. Well, like Dr. King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Where'd you hear that? Oh, I, I catered a Black Panther luncheon a few months ago in Woodstock. I read it in a pamphlet. Very nice people. Good tippers, too. I know. I thought that was great when she was like, "They're really good tippers." Because if you notice, they didn't tip her at all. Right. And I think she was trying to be like, yeah. <laughs> "Tip me, yeah. you pieces of shit." Right. Just right. because you're not paying for your meals doesn't mean you shouldn't tip. Yeah, man. Tip Marla. She's a treasure. This is a official PSA from the Cow Punchers. If you have a gift certificate this holiday season and uh, and you spend it at a restaurant, tip for the whole bill. Oh yeah! Not just you know, who doesn't tip the whole. Not bill? just for what's left after you use your gift certificate, you dumbass. <laughs> Did that happen to you? No, but I, I I've heard of people doing that. Be like, like oh, it's a forty dollar meal. What? But I got a thirty dollar gift certificate. So I'm gonna only tip like two dollars because now it's only like twelve bucks. No, no, no. I'm shaking my head. The tip is eight dollars. It was a forty dollar bill. You ass. Shame, shame. Well, Everyone knows your name. Anyway. Speaking of Marla. After all, he's not a bad old coot. She was my coot. I was going to say, it's time for the coot watch. Yeah. Yes. I initially had the warden down as my coot because he had all the aspects of cootdom. It looks like his hair had never seen a comb. Uh, that room that he was sitting in, his office, had never seen the light of day, even though it was peeking through the blinds. And it looked like he'd been smoking, chain smoking, since at least the end of the Second World War. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the only one keeping lucky strikes in business. 
<laughs> they throw a birthday party for him every year. <laughs> Our best customer. Wondering how on God's green earth he's still alive. Well, I mean, at that point, he'd smoked so much, he was mostly like formaldehyde and preservatives. Right, exactly. Our our best scientists are on the job examining the warden, and they have determined that he is mostly tobacco leaf. Yeah, like, you know, he, he just has become one. <laughs> he's like one of those ascetic monks in, in the Himalayas. Yeah. He's on his way to becoming a mummy. Yes, yeah, he he's mostly mummified at this point from all the he's he's like smoke cured his meat. <laughs> Some yep. unfiltered camels. <laughs> But yeah, Marla is the coot I want to hang around with. I'm sure she's got some great stories to tell. Yeah, and I feel like she is, you know, the kind of person that just brightens your day when you go into the diner. Like, she's probably, you know, super nice to the regulars, kind of asks you questions, remembers things about you, and is, you know, tells it like it is, and it's just adorable. Uh, right. But a little, yeah, a little baked, <laughs> a little, um, a little fried. As coot runner-ups, I would like to mention the Russians. Oh my god, I forgot about the Russians. What were those guys? I loved them. Why were those guys? So, there was a scene where their deputies come across some hunters. um, who It's a gentleman, I guess, from the area who had hired two Russians to uh, help him get a black bear for his foyer. Um, <laughs> Michael, good for you. And we had skinny, tiny, skinny Russian and and round Russian, and they were both amazing. Yes, they were mountain coots. I would say I don't think we've seen a mountain coot. Yeah. So these were these were coots from uh, the Urals, I guess. Yes, coots come from everywhere, escaping from. I guess Brezhnev Soviet Union or whatever the hell. <laughs> yes, um, and they were they were just a delight um, when they came, I, when they came when they arrived at the airport. Billy, uh, uh, it's like uh, since you're getting asylum, uh, Mister uh, Dmitriev. Uh, what was what is your race you have here listed? Coot, is that correct? <laughs> In Russia, they call us the coot. Coot, <laughs> the mountain coot. The. the <laughs> Weird. Is that we, we wrestle bear for fun? <laughs> sure. Okay. Welcome to America. <laughs> it's okay though. Bear, bear, bear has fun. It's it, all a good fun. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm scared. Uh, welcome you, to America. You, you come wrestle bear with me and Yuri. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm busy for like um uh the rest of the year. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I much appreciate it. Your your strange hill culture. You know, I once won a drinking contest against an elk. <laughs> I don't know what this character is I've developed, but I, I really like him. He's exactly Dmitriev. Yes. Of the mountain. He's the like... mountain head of the mountain coots. The the Communist Party would not let me do my 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 drinking contest with Ilk. It's sick. Like, I cannot it's allow. Fun. I cannot allow such infringements what? upon my freedom. Why not use 
what uh, I, I want to see i want to see their backstory with a similar pair of like i don't know the russian equivalent of deputies in like the ural mountains yes <laughs> yes i would watch a couple that. Of like you know like <laughs> secret policemen that are way out of their league yeah you could have <laughs> the same actors and everything exactly jimsky i don't know right i don't know <laughs> Yevgeny and yeah. <laughs> Torment. I don't know. Trepov. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dear Hollywood, get get on it. Yep. Uh, so I think that brings us to the face. He happens to be a sweet-looking dude, and I think we've discussed it at length already. Yes, it would be Ron Perlman as the a sheriff. Ron- Yes. And his cannot enorm- escape it. His enormous cranium can be seen for miles. Yeah, you can actually see it before the Great Wall of China from space. <laughs> and it's giving you this grizzled expression. Mm-hmm. That, that stro- the strongest of jaws. Yeah, that you're like, I think this man's going to kill me. Exactly, with, 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 without a second thought. Yeah, yeah. He's going to hit me with that jaw, and that's that'll be it for me. And, yeah. Uh, but he brought the face. Yeah, he did. And I think he has a good uh, he he has a good face for westerns. He does. And I'm looking and I'm hoping he actually is in a straight western as yeah. opposed to whatever it's it is a, that we just watched. Like a caddy corner western. Right, right. It's western uh, but, themes and some western trappings. But uh, but. But I think specifically, my face is like when if the brief doubt washes over his fate when he's reading the case file, uh, he has the look like this is dumb. But he's just like you know, yeah. no, fuck it, fuck it, no, 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 no. Yeah, because the whole time he's like, yeah, this prisoner like sh- he killed a deputy in cold blood. So you think like he must have shot him or right. you know stabbed he, or he murdered yeah. him somehow like a violent crime. And then he's no, reading he ran this away. Thing. Yeah, yeah, when it's like oh, he was running away from a protest. This fat <laughs> deputy was running after him too hard, I guess, and died of a heart attack. And they're trying to pin it on the guy running away. It's like, well, he was resisting arrest. And it's like, okay, I mean, I, okay. But yeah, that's... murder? We're going to jump from resisting arrest to murder? Right. And then, yeah, but he because he, he like looked up for a second and then was like, no, no, can't do it. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope wild uh and i guess that leaves us with our postcard Ooh, i got a there was some really pretty scenes of the uh there were skills yeah it it is beautiful country yeah very you know some mountains beautiful it was like uh in the fall because there was some the fall foliage was was out i would say it was more like late summer because it was like it looked like it was starting to change Okay, yeah, yeah, because it wasn't, like, the super red, like, vibrant yeah. fall colors, but it was still, like, not just green or brown, like, in winter or something like that. Right. And um, I, I gotta say this about upstate New York. It is beautiful country. Like, once you get north of New York City and you leave the suburbs of New York City behind, it's like the country just opens up to you. It is spectacular. If you haven't visited, highly recommend. Yeah, I mean... It's just a PSA to everybody, but America is full of a lot of very wide open spaces, and a lot of them are gorgeous. So mm-hmm. uh, make a make a point to go see some of some of our natural wonders if you can. 
That's why we have a postcard moment. Exactly. Mine was, there was a beautiful aerial shot of our three boyos um, sitting on a, a rock, like a little outcropping of rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the trees around them. And it just like, you know, I was like, that just looks beautiful. To me, it was a foreshadowing of their friendship to come. <laughs> yeah, yep. But I, I enjoyed that shot. Yeah, it was, uh, I think the opening, see, that, that that's how they always reel me in, is the opening credits of just, like, the rolling mountains. And that's what made me first think, like, oh, is this rolled Georgia? Like, right. Because these aren't the Rockies. Like, oh, maybe it's Georgia, maybe it's Tennessee, you know, something like that. Yeah. And then, like, nope, New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I feel like it was subverting expectations every every moment. <laughs> of the right. movie um, can we talk about the ending the ending yes. was amazing yes it was delightfully absurd yes want... yeah <laughs> they all wind up working for the fucking mounties yes it was great i mean you know the the the, the kind of end of the film is when they uh right before the i guess the epilogue is yeah you know we see Andre successfully escape onto a train going, you know, to Canada or wherever it's going. Mm -hmm. And then it has a month later and you see we are in Canada and they're doing the same shit that we saw in the beginning of the movie with the the two deputies are basically playing cops and robbers with each other. (laughs) And you see the same thing play out, except it's all in French. (laughs) And then you see that Andre is now with them like working for the mounties with them (laughs) and and it was just amazing to hear them say everything in french but with a cowboy accent allure don't know why and raison pourquoi je ne devrais pas to tear un ball dans la tête because you're under arrest hey En français, s'il vous plaît. C'est en état d'arrestation. Right. I could have died. It was amazing. It was wonderful. Yes, I would. I yep. would recommend this movie just for the that last. <laughs> that Absolutely. last scene was beautiful. Absolutely, it was. It was a delight. Yes. Ah oh, man. Well, uh, how do you? How, how do we want to rate this? Because we were discussing before we went on uh, went on live on the air because this is we're doing this live live to to just us. <laughs> yeah, every every time you listen to this podcast, it's live. We just are very careful to repeat exactly everything we say. <laughs> yeah, same inflections and everything. It's a lot. I mean, you guys listen a lot, and it's very hard for us to be there live every time you hit play. <laughs> We are destitute because we are not yes. making any money on this. Help! <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. In all seriousness, um, is is it a western? It's not a a hard western. I would say, like, it's not a no, standard no. western. It is not a straight uh, western, that's for no. sure. No, and I but I feel like the themes of 
justice and, you know, the whole deputy sheriff motifs yeah. give it a Western flair. And they, they obviously wanted you to think about Westerns when you were yes. watching this. Yes. And, and I think uh, it was clearly a send up of it, but it wasn't like a spoof per se. No. It was definitely a send up of it. It was great. Yes. But it wasn't yeah. like a spoof, like say, like Blazing Saddles. Yeah. So I think, I mean, for someone who enjoys Westerns, I enjoyed this movie. And I think that it had enough Western flair for me to categorize it as a Western. I'd call it like Diet Western Light. Right. If you like Westerns, you're going to like this. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it was very fun. Uh, we, we haven't seen a, a movie quite like that it, it was funny it had a lot of funny moments and it had a lot of it moments did. to make you think a little bit it's good and so uh, I, i'll I think, say it's a western yeah and i think uh on, on as just to seal it as a western i would also say that um it uses the landscape which i think is a defining feature of a lot of very good westerns yes where the 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 land is a character yeah so uh I'm, you know, I'm gonna. I feel good about it. I'm gonna give it four and a half stars. Wow, four and a half. I was gonna give it four. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I could watch it again right now. I don't think it's like gets the six or even a five, just because it's it's not like we said like it's not a straight western. Right. Uh, the the they were kind of clowns, but uh, yeah, they were. I, but it was fun. I had a, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I'd say we recommend this one. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, I am, as always, the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I'm your other deputy, Amy McLeod. You all watch yourselves out there on the trail. Yeah. So, so remember, kids. Uh, thank you, Ariel, for pushing my... <laughs> <laughs> Ariel, stop. <laughs> She's like, I have to get my face she has on the to... microphone. All right, let's see if we can hear her purr. Come on. You purr? You little shit. <laughs> okay, hopefully that uh, didn't lose too much. Did get, get your butt off the keyboard, you little monster. Oh, no. Good thing you're editing this one. Throw the cat Throw away. Throw the cat away. Throw the Scoot. cat away. Scoot. Anyway, delay of cat. Delay of uh, cat. Where, what was I talking about? <laughs>